Hello lovely single mums and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be talking about why dreaming isn't everything but it certainly helps. My name is Lucy Good and I'm the founder of Beanstalk Single Mums. We're an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. We offer a blog which covers everything you can think of for your single mother journey. We've got a single mum only anonymous forum, ebooks and e-courses as well as exclusive single mum discounts and giveaways and it can all be found completely free on our website beanstalkmums.com.au. But now to focus on this podcast, today's guest is Lisa Burling. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Lisa before I let her talk. Um, She is a journalist, um, a PR professional, entrepreneur, businesswoman and author. All of this and she's also a single mum. In 2013, a chain of devastating events resulted in her being an unemployed single mum of two boys under three. And it was while she was in the infamous Centrelink queue wondering how this was her reality that she decided to set up a PR consultancy, which is called LBPR. Fast forward four years later, and it's good news because LBPR is currently the Public Relations Institute of Australia's small PR consultancy of the year. She has also created Catalyst, Australia's first student-run consultancy. She's the proud ambassador for Inspiring Rare Birds and the Oz Mumpreneur Network and forming and, and she's a former Businesswoman of the Year in her home city of Wollongong. My goodness, that's that's a lot of stuff going on there. But of course, on top of all this, as I'm sure everybody listening is wondering what Lisa does with all her spare time, she's written a book called Dream a Little Dream. And it's this book and Lisa's new passion project called The Dream a Little Dream Project that we'll be touching on in our chat today. Welcome to the Beanstalk podcast, Lisa. Hi, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me. Did I get everything right in your introduction? You've done so much stuff. I can't believe it. You did beautifully. Thank you so much. It's always a bit disconcerting hearing someone else talk about what you've done, Um, but you you did a beautiful job. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, But also, on top of all of this, I wanted to talk about the fact that you're a self-proclaimed soccer (laughs) mum. I am. <laughs> I, I assume to me, as a mother of two girls um, who's never gone to watch um, a soccer game, this involves every Saturday morning standing in a field somewhere cheering on your boys. What what does it mean to be a soccer mum? That's exactly right. And actually, so Luca, my eight-year-old, is a soccer boy, and Nate, my five-year-old, does something called sense rugby. He's on the autism spectrum, so he goes and throws rugby's and you know throws his body at things once a week so I have to be honest when I I found out I was pregnant for the first time I was actually hoping that I would be a mother of boys because I grew up dancing and my mum god love my mum spent many a weekend creating dance costumes and braiding my hair and I just am not that way inclined at all so give me a sweaty bag of soccer (laughs) shirts to wash and a hot coffee on the side of a field any day Lucy (laughs) gets you out in the fresh air as well and gets you up in the morning up and on exactly. it. Exactly. 
<laughs> well, we do, we do netball. Netball we've been doing for years, and I do I do enjoy watching the game. So I do have a sense of what it means to be a soccer mum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I was a netball side. girl as well. I loved it. So <laughs> it's a great a, game, good sport to get up for. Yeah, definitely. Now um, we'll move on to the questions I've got for you because we've got some really fantastic advice here for single mums listening in who perhaps are in a bit of a a rut in their lives. They need to get out of it, or they've got some goals that they can't quite reach or they don't know how to get started so we're going to start talking about your book which I've mentioned already in the introduction dream a little dream beautiful title and I have to say it's one of the most beautifully printed paperback books that I own it's such a lovely looking book it makes you just want to pick up pick it up and read it straight away Uh, but it's not just about the looks of the book it's also about so much more what can people expect to achieve from reading it Well, the reason that I wrote it, and you touched on this in the introduction, you know, as a single parent, we are incredibly time poor. So if you're going to invest those rare spare hours you have into something, you have to believe that you're going to do it for a purpose. And for me, I know sharing my story and what has happened with women and particularly single parents that are perhaps at the start of the journey, it gives them hope and it gives them, um, I guess, almost a roadmap that life can actually become better than you ever imagined. Um, as a single parent. So I told my story because I wanted to inspire other people. Um, I wanted to show that actually we might start in a Centrelink queue, but that doesn't have to be where we end up and that you really can do anything. That being time poor and tired and running on empty sometimes can be a bit of a superpower to creating a life that you love. Yeah, it can seem a really long way, can't it, from that sort of vision that we have of standing in the Centrelink queue to getting to where you want to be and it can seem overwhelming the distance between the two but it's not your book is about saying it's not you know if you break it down if you do it a certain way it is possible. So it's about saying your dreams can come true, really, isn't it? Which is what it, it is. And, you know, I, I am a big dreamer. Anyone who knows me in person, you know, knows that my biggest dream of all is to be on Oprah's Super Soul Sessions. I mean, it mm. doesn't get bigger than that. No, no. But if I sat here and had that as the next step, I can tell you that I would feel completely overwhelmed. There'd be a sense of inertia and I, I just would think I'm never going to do it. So my book is, it's part memoir, it's part self-help, and it really is about giving the reader practical tips and templates that I used for myself so they can adopt this little dreaming strategy to build their best life and to do it fast. So it's really chunking down those big dreams and celebrating the little wins along the way, which I have to say as a single parent, we're guilty of not doing because we're so we're in the trenches, you know, we don't ever stop and go, you know what, I did really good today. Or you know what, I actually did something that I I don't think I would have even done if I had a partner here. So Mm. the little dream strategy really is, I think, the secret sauce to taking life from, you know, the Centrelink queue to something beyond your wildest dreams quickly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we don't pat ourselves on the back as much as we should because we don't have the time for it. So you're absolutely right. And just for people listening in with this book, um, 
you know, I've already said how gorgeous it looks, but when you pick up a book and you first flick through it, often I'm put off by too much text um, and sort of big chunks of text. And I think, oh God, it just seems overwhelming to read. But the way the book's laid out, um, I think you just mentioned there's tips and um, worksheets or something in there. Um, it's kind of broken down and it really makes it easy to, to, to go through it and use all the different tools within the book. And I always think that if you read a book, if you can just take at least one really useful thing from it then it was worth reading yeah absolutely Lucy and when you know I've never written a book before I, I work in PR as you said I'm a journalist by degree I write all the time but when you're writing about something personal it's completely different and when you're writing a book that requires a lot of thought so I actually had a friend who was um, a published author that helped guide me and one of the things she said to me that stuck with me was you have to think what is the reader getting out of this you know it's one thing for me to write my story but it's quite another to put it in a context and a framework that other people can use to make their life better too. And that really was, um, I guess, the driving force behind me looking at what I actually did. And I did create templates for myself. I'm just that kind of person. <laughs> and actually putting it in the book and on my website, um, lisaberling.com.au, they're all downloadable for free. So I can help other people do it too. Nothing gets me more excited than seeing someone have a little dream come true. It is the best. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree because I do very similar in, in my own business. But um, so look, we've touched on this already, but you talk a lot about dreams. Um, and I tend to use that word with caution as to many a dream is not a reality. So they kind of tend to think it's not achievable. But how can we use our dreams to create the reality we want? Well, dreams first and foremost give us a sense of pur purpose and something to work towards. And I think as human beings, in terms of the, our psychology, we need that. You know, it's really important that you feel like you're going somewhere and contributing to a vision that you have for yourself and for, and for your family and your children. Um, one of the things I talk about in the book is what, what is the DNA of a little dream? Because until you can identify that, it's very hard to know what one is and what one isn't. So um, for me, a little dream is one that forms part of a much bigger dream. Um, it's realistic so you can achieve it within a year I, I think beyond a year we start to get into the territory of vague wishes so keep it you know to that 12 month time frame um, you also have everything at your disposable to make it make it happen so whether that's connections resources skills knowledge um, and critically gumption and the word gumption is on the cover of my book I think that word needs to be mm. way back into <laughs> the you know the vernacular it's about elbow grease you know nothing comes to people without hard work Work. And anyone who thinks otherwise is deluded or has grown up, you know, and been handed a massive trust fund. So mm. <laughs> um, you also have to believe it can come true. You know, if you don't believe in yourself and think it can happen, well, guess what? It's probably not going to because the buck stops with you. And the last thing which is so important about little dreams is when you think about it, you get that feeling you had as a kid when Santa was coming the night before, you know, the kind of little goosebumps on your arms and the excited feeling in your belly. If you feel like that, then that's a little dream that's going to come true as long as you commit to it. And I think what you said right at the beginning there, which is that a little dream, when you said, when I'm, when I'm talking about a little dream, I thought you were going to say it's something that happens in a couple of weeks. But no, we're talking about something that happens in a year. Everything takes hard work. Everything good in life we have to work towards, don't we? And a year is not really all that long to have to work towards a dream and really do you, you know you don't get as much enjoyment if you achieve your dream if you haven't worked for it 
I totally agree. There's something beautiful in the waiting and the um, adventure that comes with something taking time. Um, you know, things that happen in a couple of weeks, to me, that's a task. That's mm. something you're ticking off, you know, a list yes. on a KKK um, action list pad. Um, but, yeah, a little dream, has it has a bit more fat around it, if you like, than just, you know, a quick little thing that you can tick off. And you can still break down a, a little dream into the challenges that you need to get through to get to the end result so say for example your dream is to build a pool in your back garden that's probably not a very exciting one maybe it is I think it sounds great (laughs) (laughs) that just came to me I don't know why it just came to me but you you know how would you break that down over a year just very roughly Um, Well, I guess you, you know, back to what I said in terms of resources and skills and knowledge, first thing that I would do is work out a budget. I would probably go and meet with someone who creates pools so I knew what the end was. And then I'd work backwards from there, you know, uh, how can I generate income? Um, Are there things that I could do on top of what I'm already doing to make that happen? Um, What am I spending money on that I don't need to? And that's huge, you know, when you start to look at that. Um, And then I'd create a vision board for sure because I believe that visualising it makes it happen much faster. But I think with a pool, you'd really be looking at the financial elements predominantly, how you can either cut spending or increase income Mm -hmm. to make it happen. Yeah, and we'll talk about um, financials in the next question. But one of the important things, I suppose, as well, right at the beginning when you've got your dream is to work out whether it really is possible or not because some dreams are out of our scope we just can't do them at this stage it's something we do have to put on the back burner it can there's no point saying look I want to go to India on my own for a year when you're a sole parent you know you can't do it you've got to say that's not something I can do right now but I'm going to do that in the future so some dreams simply aren't possible you've got to say no can't do this one now so I'm going to focus on something that is doable really important because otherwise you just you're never going to reach a dream that's impossible yeah and I think the word that you used right then was you know not possible right now yes and that's important you know anything is possible but yes you have to and that's little dreams are realists through and through you know they're optimistic realists Mm. um so yes things that you can achieve and then you know if you've got dreams like that then maybe you you know revisit that in 10 years when the children have left home (laughs) something to look forward to yeah can't wait Um, okay so you have a section in your book all about money um, and one of your quotes is that money matters when you have none and I love that quote by the way Um, can you give us your take on money in relationship to dreams and being a single mum well, I mean, the reality is we all need money to survive. And up until um, four years ago, when I, I found myself a single mum of my two little boys, I was financially secure. You know, I'd worked very hard. I lived in London for 12 years, building a really successful PR career. Um, I, I never thought about what I was spending because I didn't have to. And when you find yourself going from that situation to one where actually you have no money because you've left your job because you think you're going to be a mum. You've kind of put yourself in the passenger seat of all the financial decisions because you bizarrely think that that's what a woman should do in a relationship. It is a massive smack in the face Um, and it's scary because Mm. suddenly you are it and you need to not only take care of yourself but two very small children. So going to Centrelink for me, and I'm sure your listeners who um, relate to this, was my rock bottom. It wasn't my relationship falling 
falling apart. It wasn't having nowhere to live. It wasn't asking my mum to give me $50 to go to Woolies. It was walking into Centrelink. I could not get my head around how a seemingly intelligent, career-established girl could find herself in that situation. But it was actually a great thing that happened because I vowed I would never go back there unless I had to sign off my benefits, which I did not long after. And it gave me a shot in the arm to start rebuilding my life. Um, And a big part of that was back to little dreams, what resources, knowledge and skills have I got? And I realized that actually the, the, the greatest thing I had was my experience as a PR professional and my connections. And that's why I decided to set up my business in circumstances that no business mentor or coach would tell you to do. Mm. Because I knew that with gumption and courage and bravery, I could turn the kernel of an idea of this business into something that was going to um, enable me and my boys to have the beautiful life that we do. Um, And I actually ended up building a house off the back of this business, which I talk about in the book, as you know, Um, and that's an example of the little dream strategy. You know, you talked about a pool in the backyard, same thing. You know, I was so driven to create a home and a foundation for us that nothing was going to stop me. And I just worked my butt off for three years to make it happen. Yeah. Exactly. And it's interesting. um, There's another lady who does similar to what I do over in New York. Emma Johnson is her name. I've done a podcast with her before. She's from The Wealthy Single Mummy. And she's exactly the same. It was that moment when she was in, I can't remember what the equivalent is to Centrelink in the States. She was in that queue. And that was where she said, I'm going to turn my life around. So sometimes it does take reaching that point to make that decision and to give you the drive to change things. But I would also like to say to anyone listening that there is nothing wrong with being in a Centrelink queue as well. Um, I've put um, quite a few articles out recently about single mum benefits and how we should never be afraid to reach for things while we need them. And that's what they're there for. But, you know, to, to, to think bigger is a much better thing to do. Um, and the exciting thing is, as a single mother and finances is that we have total control over our money when we haven't got a partner that we have to deal with their money habits and when you've got control it's actually quite exciting because if you plan ahead and you think carefully and you know what you're doing with your money you can do amazing things completely agree and you know as a a woman that's a journalist and a PR professional I I love words and I I traditionally have hated numbers you know spreadsheets and all of that but now like I actually really love it I find it motivating um you know I've, I've recently purchased another block of land near where I live which is kind of you know in the country of of um, the area I live in so that was something that I never thought would happen but once you've got your eye on your figures and they talk about it in Shark Tank you know know your numbers and it's true um, just by being aware of what's going in and out um, and projecting what you need or what you want it, it makes such a big difference and yeah I I'm really proud actually of the fact that I, I do know my figures and I've used them to my advantage yeah I think they can be a bit scary when you're not in a good place um, you don't want to I force myself to look every week at all of my bank accounts just to check the transactions going in and out and on weeks or at times in my life when I'm not doing very well financially, my heart sinks when I have to look at my bank accounts. Yes, I I I think that's what puts people off. (laughs) People don't want to look if it's not going well, but you need to look to make it go well, don't you? Exactly. It's, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, the scary thing that if you don't look at it, it's just going to get scarier. So just face, you know, feel the fear, do it anyway. And um, yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. 
Look, now you are a simply amazing person. I knew that from the book, but having spoken to you, I can tell as well. You've done so many incredible things um, and you're also a pretty much full-time carer for your two little boys at the same time. I'm in awe. Um, you've not only turned your life around, but you've used your experience to inspire others to do the same, which I think is an amazing thing to do also. So what would you say to the mums who are listening who are currently at rock bottom, maybe in that Centrelink queue moment, uh, but they want to make change to their life. How do they get from feeling really down and in that rut to turning their lives around? Lucy, thank you for what you just said. It's really just so lovely to hear and it makes me want to cry, to be honest. Well, it's true. um, (laughs) The truth is um, I'm just an ordinary girl who decided to go for it. And, there's, you know, I'm not different to anyone else that's listening to this podcast other than I just wasn't willing to accept that this was the reality and I, I wanted to change it. So once I got past the hurt and the disbelief of the situation I was in, um, you know, and I saw that my life had completely disintegrated, almost like the universe had given, you know, my life was an etch-a-sketch and given it this massive shake until there was nothing on it, um, you know, and it said, well, Lisa, here you go. What do you want your life to look like? I realized that actually that was probably the greatest gift that I could ever, ever be given at the age of 38. Um, so I think, you know, JK Rowling is one of my my idols. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Yay. And she's, she's this amazing <laughs> quote where she says, rock bottom became the foundation on which I built my life. And that's my truth too. Um, another quote that I really love is our purpose is buried in our wounds. So my advice is take time to figure out what you want. Dream little with big dollops of action and make it happen. Yeah. Oh, how fantastic. Wonderful words. <laughs> Love your words. <laughs> I'm a word person as well. Um, yeah. And talking of JK Rowling, she is, isn't she just the most incredible woman and such a, a wonderful pillar of hope for us single mums? I think she said something um, along the lines of her, what did she say about her single mum? years she said um i'm just having a quick look now Uh, that's it i would i'd say to any single parent currently feeling the weight of stereotype or stigma stigmatization that i am prouder of my years as a single mother than of any other part of my life oh that gives me goosebumps Uh, (laughs) i I feel exactly the same way yes me too and i often worry and i reckon that you and people listening in might feel the same i think my goodness if i had stayed married i wouldn't have discovered all these strengths and abilities within me that came out when i became a single mum that's exactly right it's not till you're sort of thrown into the frying pan i guess that you truly know who you are and what you're capable of um and that i think is again just one of life's greatest gifts to be given that opportunity i would choose um challenge and chaos and extreme kind of emotional uh, highs and lows over you know, this kind of straight line of life where I I never really get to know who I am. Mm. I think I'd get to the end of my days and think, well, what was the point of that? Yeah, yeah. Are you one of those people who gets bored easily? Yes. <laughs> I thought you might be. I, I'm I actually said to someone the other day, I think I have professional ADHD. I find it very difficult to concentrate on any one thing for any length of time. Well, that would be the same as an entrepreneur, wouldn't it? All these ideas, right? That's that idea. Get somebody else working on it and then move on to another idea. 
That's right. But see, that's a gift that's come through this single parent journey. You know, I never had visions of running a business. I certainly never had visions of writing a book or creating a completely separate entity off the back of that. So I think, again, when you know you are, you get that blank etch-a-sketch and you ask yourself what you want, that's when you discover, you know, the core of your being and possibly your life purpose. Mm. And it's exciting. It really is exciting. And it's a message that I try to put out to single mums who have perhaps just become single mums um, and they're not very happy about that situation they perhaps didn't want the family to break up or they are frightened of what lays ahead of them and they feel exhausted because they've got to start a new life and I try and say look it's just a new path and if you think about it that is quite exciting because it's your path and you can choose what you want to do with it it's like you've got a new opportunity in life something that you wouldn't have had if you had stayed in that relationship I think that's such an exciting way to look at it and then to create a business such as yours which has come from your journey is very empowering because you're able to pass on all the lessons that you've learned and the mistakes that you've made to other people to help them with that journey that's exactly right Lucy and I actually I feel sad um at the thought of the old version of me still being around yes um I really think that would have been a life half-lived yeah I totally understand where you're coming from with that now look I could so I'm terrible I always get caught up chatting and we've got one more question I really want to ask it because it's a great thing for us to end with but I'm a great believer in mantras and quotes um, and I can tell you are too because you've got some real winners in your book. You've told <laughs> us some of your favourite quotes but can you just leave us with a couple more to take away with us? Oh, I'd love to. Um, so look, uh, the favourite quote in my book isn't actually one of mine, funnily enough. Um, it's at the very end but it's from my all-time favourite book, The Alchemist and if anyone listening hasn't read it, I, I urge you to get your hands on a copy. I've read this book yeah. three or four times at pivotal moments in my life and I always take a lesson from it. Yes, it's a my, brilliant so book. The quote, the quote that I have um, at the end of my book is, to fulfil one's destiny is a person's only obligation. And that to me is such a powerful statement because when you think about what you're obligated to do versus what you feel you should do or could do or you know what other people expect of you, when you strip all that away and just go, okay, what am I obligated to do? It becomes very clear where your attention and your energy should go. Um, so in terms of my own quotes, um, the ones that I wrote in the book, I, my favourites, and I've actually got a postcard set that pulls out the ones I love, but one of them is that you have all you need to fulfil your life's purpose. Um, so when you tap into what that is, you won't be scrabbling around trying to figure out how to do it because you're already more than equipped to mm-hmm. make it happen. Um, and that you can step into the unknown to survive and thrive. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you are at the start of a single parent journey and you're feeling lost and scared and shitty or whatever it is, um, you are in survival mode. But actually my experience and, you know, having spoken to a lot of single parents over the last few years, their experience is that actually you thrive as a human being. And that's what we were speaking about, Lucy. You actually discover who you really are. And that is, you know, an amazing reality to, to have. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually have those quotes right next to me right now, just to remind me as well. <laughs> have you really? That was what I was just going to say to you. So where do you put your quotes? Do you put them on the bathroom mirror and on the fridge door? Or have you got any unusual places where you put your little mantras to remind yourself of them? 
Oh, I actually, um, I have some beside my bed and I also have them in my office, in, in my home office. So I don't, I don't put them anywhere weird. I do have a glitter flower on my bathroom mirror, um, which someone told me to do just to remind myself that I'm amazing. And it oh, sounds really ridiculous, but on the days where, you know, you get to the end of the day and you're looking in the bathroom mirror, looking a hundred and you look at that little glittery star or flower, it does, um, it does help. <laughs> yeah. What a great idea on the bathroom mirror. Nothing worse is there than waking up in the morning and looking <laughs> in the mirror yeah it's pretty confronting (laughs) Uh, look now that is all we've got time for but before we go I just would like you to um, let our listeners know where they can find you what you've got to offer them and um, there'll be a link through from this podcast going through to your website but if you can give us your web address and details as well that would be great Oh, thanks, Lucy. Well, my website is um, Lisa Burling, B-U-R-L-I-N-G dot com dot A-U. Um, and you can buy my, my book and my postcards on there. Um, I'm also going to be launching an online course, Little Dreams for Beginners, um, in the coming months. But anyone who goes and buys a copy of my book from my website and puts the word beanstalk somewhere in the order, maybe after their last name, um, I'll make sure that you get two free sets of postcards. So one for you and one for someone that you think could use um, some of the messages that I'm sharing. So um, I strongly urge you not to buy the book from Amazon only because I don't pack those. Um, so anything that's direct to me, I pack them. I put a little letter in with it and some other goodies. So um, I can definitely personalize it, which is always nice. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. It's been so good to do this podcast. It's been inspirational. I've been doing lots of podcasts lately about um, divorce and co-parenting and um, superannuation, (laughs) things like that, which are all very useful. Um, But it's great to have a chat with someone like you, Lisa, because what you've created is very similar to what I've created at Beanstalk, which is about saying to single mums, look, it's going to be okay. Okay, we've been there we know it's hard but you can get through it you can do this and it's about just giving each other a pat on the back and a smile and reassurance and saying look it's going to be okay and helping each other um, and that's what you're doing um, I think that your book is is something really quite special um, not just because it will look good on a coffee table I think there's a lot in it that can genuinely help so um, I urge people to take a look at that and to take a look at Lisa's website as well Um, if you're feeling a little bit down if you're feeling in a rut or if you just need um, a shot in the arm to to move forward and to to reach your dream so (laughs) thank you Lisa for being you Um, thank you for sharing your journey with us today and for inspiring so many people in the process Thank you, Lucy. And can I just say thank you to you for creating such an amazing um, movement with Beanstalk Single Moms. You know, people like you change the story and, you know, inspire all of us as well. So I'm just so grateful and privileged to have had this opportunity. Oh, thank you so much. That's lovely. That's really kind of you to say. Well, I love doing it. So um, I'll be doing it for many years to come. Excellent. I'll come back. I'll be old and (laughs) grey. Still won't have found a man. (laughs) <laughs> you need a man we just need prosecco <laughs> exactly exactly we just need to dream <laughs> exactly little dreams that's it <laughs> um, so to all the single mums listening this is proof that however hard times get you always have the power to change things for the better we do need to dream but we also need to break it down we never need to have a plan as lisa was saying and we need to work hard 
Um, because if we don't work hard for something, it's not as enjoyable when we get there. Wonderful things lie ahead for those who want them. And remember, if you've not visited my website, beanstalkmums.com.au, make sure you do. Not only will you find more podcasts like this, but there's heaps of other wonderful resources for your single mother journey. And you can chat to me anytime on our anonymous single mum forum, which is also reached through the website. Until next time, ladies, goodbye.